Yes, indeed, it's your neighborhood preacher. I hope all of you are blessed. I love to come to you wherever you're at in a neighborhood near you. Praise the Lord. Let's give glory to Jesus Christ for his, it was his sacrifice and his blood that brought us all in to unison, unity with each other and with God. Amen. Hallelujah. I pray that uh, you're doing well, your families are doing well. It's your neighborhood preacher, and I got another message for you. I think um, you're really going to love it. I pray that you've been edified. I pray that you've been uh, just uh, encouraged by uh, the things that that I'm bringing to the table uh, that that uh, in the Word of God that uh, the Lord shows me. And honestly, it's just my gift. I really, really um, take a lot of um, pleasure and satisfaction in studying the Word of God listening to the Holy Spirit, and then just trying my best to present it to you. So I really want to talk to you today about, uh, my title is The Rooted Man. And, you know, in this day and age, uh, in this generation, I mean, you know, I've heard these sayings and, and oftentimes the things that I hear and I learn, you know, you're going to hear me say, and hopefully you say them and you begin to learn them. But we know in this generation that commitment is is rare. Um, loyalty is rare. Um, we know that, you know, marriages that, you know, last, I mean, regardless of the pain, regardless of the mistakes, regardless of the ups and the downs, we know that um, it's just not like what you call uh, the old school. And quite frankly, it, there's just no steadfastness. People who don't remain, um, they're not loyal. They're not committed. And, you know, we're, we're in a generation where, well, my child, you know, showed up to half of the practices. He might as well get a trophy just like everybody else because he was on the quote unquote team now i mean that's great when you're a little peewee but in life not everybody's going to get the trophy not everybody's going to get the raise not everybody's going to get the credit not everybody is going to shine because you showed up half of the time or or because you claimed a certain team or entity or thing about you um, what we realize is that even like the plants, the flowers, the trees, you know, what is nurtured consistently produces. And I think that in this generation, we need consistency, especially when we claim to be Christian. And I know that I've got a lot of work to do, uh, probably right alongside of you, but let us understand that in this generation, consistency is mandatory. Consistency in our walk with God. Consistency um, in reaching for God, studying His Word, practicing uh, the behaviors of a Christian, uh, seeking to know God's will, um, constantly you know, forgiving or humbling ourselves or 
putting on love or putting on Christ, turning the other cheek, uh, thinking, uh, uh, wondering what, not just wondering, but finding out what God says about a situation before we go off and do things ourselves. So in this generation, we find that, well, if this person talks to me in a certain manner or tone or or I don't like something, well, I'll just go down and I'll get my food somewhere down the next block because I don't like this place or I don't like these hamburgers or I don't like this person that's taking my order or I don't like this waiter. So I'm not coming here. I can go to another restaurant. Well, that's all fine when it comes to restaurants, but that can't be the manner in which we live. It can't be the manner in which we treat people. It can't be the manner in which we walk with God. So today's topic and and in this session of, of teaching, it's about being a rooted man. I mean, if you ask, you know, my wife or you ask women, most most of them will tell you that they want a committed man, at least rooted in in their commitment to them. And likewise, so does Christ. Christ wants us to be rooted, committed, established, secure in our confession of our faith toward him. Being a rooted man is essential in this generation because you stand out from the rest. You know, there's always somebody that doesn't like their boss or doesn't like their job or doesn't like this or that. Um, maybe, maybe it's in a relationship. Maybe it's uh, in, in you know, your schooling. Maybe it's, uh, it could be in all kinds of things. But it's real easy now in this generation to just say, ah, I'm done. And that'd be the end of it. My friends, we can't do that with our walk with God, our relationship with God. We can't just say, "Mm, you know, I don't like what you're telling me, Lord. I don't like what you're showing me. I don't like how this feels anymore. I don't like what I'm experiencing. Um, I'm in between two opinions. I'm in between the world's and yours. And you know, God, I'm just going to put you on pause for a minute. See, being a rooted man comes from the Spirit of the Lord. It comes from uh, a, your roots growing deep, being established. You know, I look out in my backyard and I, and I see sometimes these heavy winds come up. And I, I wonder how, as tall as this tree is, how does it possibly withstand this dramatic wind. I mean, the tree's bending. I mean, have you ever seen a palm tree in the middle of a storm? I mean, it just bends and flexes and bows and it just, it's just bending with the pressure of the wind. And what you'll notice is very rarely does that tree uproot itself. Matter of fact, it endures the pressure of of the winds of life. It endures the pressure of the storm. Because why? That's right. Because its roots are deep. Its roots are established. 
its roots are secure and grounded to where you can't just uproot that tree. You see, likewise, our faith, likewise, our relationship with God and with each other should be rooted and grounded. We're going to talk about some areas where we should be rooted, and I really believe it's going to bless your life. Let's go to James chapter 1, verses 2 through 8. You'll hear me flipping through the Bible in the microphone, and really, I actually love that sound. Uh, because it tells you that I'm using a Bible. I'm not using a distraction Bible. I'm using the Bible. <laughs> I get a kick out of that because, um, you know, you could call me old school, but listen, there's nothing like these pages, nothing like the highlights, the markings that you make in it, and then flipping through the front to the back, knowing the chapters and verse of the Bible. To me, it's um, it's it's forever going to hold a, a glory and an honor uh, and a respect with me. I think that it's real easy to look something up. I look things up all the time on my computer or my phone. But there's nothing like looking it up in your Bible, your sword. I think that it's just uh, an amazing thing. And I'll never stop thinking that. So James chapter 1, verses 2 through 8, it says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. I, I don't know about you, but there ain't nothing that I'm counting as joyful falling into various trials. So we see that James is already starting off on the wrong foot here. <laughs> no, he's actually, he's actually going to teach us something really powerful. And if you notice, um, it's a lot of times God's word is contrary to the things we've been taught. It's kind of going like, nah, where are you going with this? But look, at James says, count it all joy, not some joy, not a little bit of joy, but he says, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing, that's right, say testing, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't. I don't really count it all joy when I fall into various trials, first of all. And when I came to the Lord and and I made a confession to Christ and 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 I started to have faith in God through Christ, I'll tell you right now, I didn't know that I needed to count it all joy when I fell into various trials. It's like, say what? Come again. I don't understand how I'm going to count it all joy when I'm going through trials and tribulations. It doesn't even make sense to me. But James says, knowing, now he's teaching us something, knowing, this is what we ought to know, that the testing of our faith produces patience. I don't know about you, but the last thing I want to do is produce patience in a time of testing. Not only is my trials or my tribulations, I'm supposed to count it all joy, but now my, my faith being tested, it produces patience. Uh, this is all backwards to me. But in reality, it's not. 
In reality, this is a knowing. This is information. This is, this is the word of God that is enlightening us as to the bigger picture here. When you go through various trials and tribulations, count it all joy. Why? Because this testing of your faith is producing patience. But we're not done. It says, let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Now, this is the end result. This is the goal of me and you going through trials and tribulation. It is so that we may become a perfect man or woman lacking nothing. Now, I know you don't like it. Now, I know you wonder where I'm going with this, but here's the, the, the truth. This is what God is trying to inject is by his truth in the word of God, is that the testing of our faith produces patience. Listen, we have to let the testing of our faith happen. And what, and what, what happens is we either run from God or we run to God to be a complete, perfect man or woman lacking nothing. The last thing that I want in a trial is to produce is patience. I want to get up out of this trial. I want God to fix it like that. I want to see God move his hand on the situation and bless me and elevate me, motivate me, encourage me, strengthen me, and cause me to overcome. But what we fail to realize here is that when you become a Christian and you start this walk, this beautiful, wonderful walk with God, your faith is going to be tested. Why? Because what you believe in Him and what you believe in His Word will be tested. You see, without testing in our faith, then that means we cannot be complete and we cannot be a man or woman that lacks nothing. You see, our relationship with God must be proven. It must be stable. It must be secure. Hallelujah. And it must be rooted. I'm going to tell you right now, if you're like me, any wind of storm, I remember me. I remember how I used to be. Ooh, I'd get fired up. Fists would go through a wall. A word would come out or maybe a couple thousand of them. And I'm telling you, I'd go from here to there, from high to low. I'd be at one extreme to the next. And even though I'm an extremist, I'd be at one extreme to the next, never stable never knowing which way that I'm going to turn like the wind. You don't even know where it's coming from, but you know this thing's blowing. That's exactly how I used to be. And I know you're just like me. The Bible teaches us to count it all joy when you go through various trials. Why, my friends? Because you have a powerful, loving, wonderful Father 
who is testing your faith. And I want you to know right now that if you're going through various trials and tribulations and you're in a storm and you just don't get this counting it all joy thing, I want you to know he's telling us to count it all joy because it's an opportunity for us to draw near to God. Oh, it's an opportunity for us to cry out to God and for him to hold us, mold us, strengthen us, and most of all, cause us to have patience where our faith is grounded and rooted and strengthened again. Listen, faith in God is not like the restaurants that we pick and choose from. It's not like the people that we pick and choose. And it's not like the places that we pick and choose. Faith in God must remain. Faith in God must be tested. And in that testing, it must be proven. The only thing that can test our faith in God, it's not some somebody over social media trying to argue with us and then we pop out with some scriptures and we got tested. No. Our faith in God comes from and our testing of our faith in God comes from trials and tribulations and storms and persecution and things that cause a rising against what we believe in his word and in him. Praise God. Our faith must be tested, especially to prove our relationship in Christ. God wants a good soldier. God wants a good son or daughter with their faith rooted and their roots deep and strong in him. And you know how it comes? By this trial and that trial and this storm and that storm. And what it does is it produces patience because after you've been through one trial and the next, and this storm and then the next, you're no longer moved by just any trial or storm. You know who the mover is. See, you're no longer moved by the winds of the storm. You are moved and captivated by the one who can calm the winds in the storm. You know what's powerful is James says, let him lack, um, you know, nothing. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. And this doesn't mean like, hey, you know, if I, I, got, a, I, I got a test and, and I want to get an A on it, you know, it doesn't mean that you can't come to God for wisdom and uh, philosophical or, or, or mathematical or... or in your arithmetic, but what it means here is that when you're going through trials and tribulations and you lack the word of God, ask 
God, and he will show you his will. It will always be found in the word of God. God's will and desire for your life, your situation, your relationship, your family, your friends, your job, whatever it is you find a trial in, you will find God's will and desire for your life in his word. So James says, let him come and ask of God, who will give it to you freely. Verse 6 says, but let him ask in faith. Mm, You see, not only do I find my faith being rocked now by these trials, these storms, these tribulations, but now when I go to God, I got to ask in faith. I got to ask in faith. I don't understand how that's even possible when my faith is being rocked. My faith is being overcome or my faith is being tested. Count it all joy because now you got an opportunity to come to the heavenly father through Christ in your faith. He says, let him ask and God's going to give you it freely. Whatever you're lacking in in wisdom, in this situation, God's going to give to you freely. But he tells us something important here where we need to be rooted. Right now, he's speaking about us being rooted in our trust with God, our faith with God. And here's why. He says, let him ask in faith with no doubting, for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. For let that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable. You see that word? He's unstable in some of his ways. Nope. The Bible teaches us that when we come to God, and we're not trusting God and his ability to do what only he can do. You see, listen, a lot of times we don't trust God and his ability because, because we, we try to play God like his abilities like ours. He's not fickle like us. He doesn't go in and out like us. He doesn't change his mind like us. God is stable in all his ways. And James says that you are and I am like a wave tossed by the wind for let not... That man think he'll receive anything from the Lord, for he is double-minded and he is unstable in all his ways. This is a man, this is a woman who wants to walk with God, tries and actually maybe even comes to God in prayer, seeks God, but is in between the opinion of the world, should I do this, or is in the, the opinion of God and his ability and what he can do. Your neighborhood preacher's here trying to tell you one thing. God wants us rooted in our trust for him. His ability to do only what he can do. We're talking about a rooted man. A rooted man must be rooted in his faith. His faith is going to be tested and his 
faith being tested is going to produce patience. And while it's being tested producing patience, we can freely go to God who will give us wisdom in that situation so that we lack nothing and we become a complete man or woman. Now, that's awesome when God is allowing trials for us to be tested, that it might produce patience, that it might produce a deeper relationship with Him. But you see, I wasn't taught this. I was taught this later on as I started my walk with God. God wants you and me to lack nothing, to be complete. And that is only that only takes place, that only is produced when our faith is being tested. So count it all joy when you're going through trials and tribulations. Because that means that God has given me and you an opportunity to turn to Him and to trust Him and His ability to do what He can do. You may not trust yourself. You might not trust the other person. But trust God and his ability to do what he said he's going to do. Amen. Listen. I didn't know that when I, when I started my walk with God that, that trials uh, were a good thing. It, it, it almost caused me to run away from God. But see, my friends, it takes endurance. It takes a rooted man being grounded in faith to remain. And, and, and God, the creator of heaven and earth, the king of this universe, sent his son to die for me and you that we might be, be one with him. He deserves for us to remain. He deserves for us to remain. We, we might not have got it. We might have made a mistake. We might have got offended. We might not like what, what this person did. We might not like what we're going through. But he deserves for us to remain. He's worthy. He's holy. And he's awesome in his love for us. That causes every trial and tribulation for us to have a way to be held by him, guided and uplifted, where our relationship grows and produces trust. Amen. Trials actually introduce us also to ourselves. It introduces us to our weakness. It introduces us to the fickle part of our heart. It introduces us to, to how sensitive and foolish we are at times. But it introduces us also to if we are really truly trusting in the Lord or if we're still trusting in the world. I remember many times, um, and even at times still, trials coming to my life and and me really involving God. I mean, I mean, I'm doing an awesome thing here. I'm involving God and I'm praying. And then I come to find I'm not really trusting fully in his ability, acting as if his ability is like mine. <laughs> and it's not. His ability is 
so much greater. He's faithful and he's worthy. And, you know, I'll be honest with you. God is faithful. And in our walk with God, when we don't trust him and his word, remember, I find myself and we find ourselves, we are like a wave tossed to and fro. We're unstable in all of our ways. And something really hit me when I learned this portion of the word of God. I learned what he was teaching me. He was teaching me that I'm unstable in all my ways, not just because I'm going through a trial and I'm not getting it or not because I'm going through a trial and, and, and I might be not trusting fully in him at that time. No, it's introducing me to me that I'm unstable in all of my ways. If I can't trust God in, in my trials and tribulations, not only am I unstable, I'm unstable in all my ways. And when I realized this, I realized I didn't want to be unstable. I didn't want to be a man that was called unstable, untrustworthy, uncommitted, unloyal, unsecure. I I didn't want that. And I still don't want that. And my friends, you shouldn't want that. We are not to be unstable in all our ways. So now me and you understand we want to be stable, but more so we want to be stable to trust God, not only to trust God, but for him to trust us. The Bible tells us, remember James said that we're not going to receive anything when we're a wave tossed to and fro. God looks at us unstable in all our ways. So remember this, number one, God wants us to be rooted in our trust and relationship with him and the ability of what he can do (laughs) that no man can do. God can do what no man can do. God can do it all above and beyond what you think or imagine. And we need to remind ourselves that a rooted man is rooted in his trust for God. Amen. Let's see what the Bible says about being rooted in regards also to our character. It's rooted. Matter of fact, Jesus talks about it in our speech. And it's 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 powerful. Because back in this time, in Matthew chapter 5, verse 37, back in this time, you know, it's pretty amazing. Right now in church, we're, we're learning about, uh, and, our, and our pastor's doing a great job uh, touching on the red letters. And the red letters are all uh, uh, the, the words of Jesus. And the words of Jesus will change your life. I mean, I mean they're changing minds still. They will, forever, they will forever change your life. And I mean, nothing are more powerful. Uh, you know, there's, there's, there's the prophets. And God's word is his word. But Jesus, when he touched down, Ooh, man, heaven touched the earth. <laughs> and Jesus is so sweet and special to me. And we're learning right now the red letters, and, and we can learn a lot about it. And, 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 and like my pastor uh, is teaching us that, it, you know, God and, and, and even Christ is not just so much concerned with, with um, 
the way you think and what you do, but he's concerned about your character. So we look here and being a rooted man in regards to our speech, back in this day and in this time and in their culture, um, they used careless oaths. You know, they talked big and they made promises in their speech every day. And this, this is why Jesus said this, because Jesus says here, and uh, actually, uh, I'll read from ver uh, chapter 5, verse 33 through 37. Again, you have heard that it was said to you. This is Jesus speaking. He says, uh, it was said, said to those of old, that you shall not swear falsely, but shall perform your oaths to the Lord. And Jesus says this, but I say to you, do not swear at all, neither by heaven, for it is God's throne, neither by the earth, for it is his footstool, <laughs> nor by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king, nor shall you swear by your head, because you cannot make one hair white or black. But let your yes be yes, and your no be no, for whatever is more than these is from the evil one. You see, a lot of people would swear by their head. A lot of people would swear by heaven back in this culture. Even people still do it today. They wouldn't swear by God's name because they thought, well, maybe it would part, pardon them from, you know, God's final judgment with what they said or promised. But even Jesus is dealing with being rooted in our speech, in our character, rooted in our in our in our speech by by taking seriously the things that we say as if we are in an oath to God every day. So Jesus addresses this and it's powerful. I wanted to throw this in here as we're learning this because, because Jesus takes seriously how we talk. Jesus even says, you know, it's not so much what we put in our mouth, but what comes out of it. For God is keeping an account of every word. And you know, this stood out to me, and I and I've learned this in my walk with God, but you know, I got a big heart, just like yourself. And I know a lot of times we make promises to people or we get passionate about things, and sometimes our commitments change. But one thing I learned um, you know, the Bible says, you know, what you promised your neighbor, if that changes, go tell him swiftly, um, you know, when you have a change of heart, be, you know, that, that, that we don't become guilty of that. And, you know, and I do find myself guilty of that. And I know you do too. There's a lot of times there's things that there's oaths that we make, or there's promises that we make, or there's things that we want to do with one another. And it's okay for those things to change. But what Jesus is dealing here is with our heart, the heart matter, that we don't let our speech be so loose that we're just promising this thing and that thing, and we're not coming through with any of them. So what I want to bring to your attention is not only are we to be rooted in our trust for God and our relationship with God, but we're to be rooted in the things that we say, rooted in our speech, knowing that that we're in an oath to God. And if we took it more seriously, what we say and promise, then I believe, as I'm working on myself, I believe we're going to have a better outcome with what we say. Let our yes be yes 
and our no be no. Does it mean that you can't say maybe? No, that's not what I'm saying. Does it mean that you can't think about it? That's not what I'm saying. Jesus is just saying, watch that we we're not loose talking and talking bigger than we ought because we should actually be watching the things we say as if we're in an oath and commitment to God himself. Let's go to this third portion of our character and being rooted. I, I, I think it's quite far um, one of the most important along with everything that I'm teaching you. Rooted in love. And um, we're going to find that in Ephesians chapter 3, verses 14 through 19. It says, For this reason, this is Paul, the Apostle Paul. Um, he says, For this reason I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you, according to to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted, oh, there it is, that you being rooted and grounded in love, all right, let me say that again, that you being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with some of the saints. No, you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width, the length, the depth, the height, to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge that you may be filled with the fullness of God. To be filled with the fullness of God is to know his love. To know his love is what Paul is saying, that he would grant this to you, this strength by his spirit in the inner man. Let me tell you, he says, in your hearts through faith. And we know that Romans chapter 10, verse 17, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. That's a freebie for you. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing only by the word of God. So he says, I want, I, I pray that, that according to the riches of his glory, that you be strengthened with might through his spirit in your inner man. Why? Because our outer man is dying day by day. It's growing older. It might even be growing weaker. But he says, I pray or I wish that according to his riches of his glory, that you be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man. Mm. That you be energized, that you be revitalized. And this isn't just for, for a specific class of Christian. This is for all who discipline their minds and their spirits in their studies to the word of God so that they might live by it. He says that you be strengthened by his spirit in the inner man that Christ would dwell in your hearts through faith that you being rooted and grounded in love. Here's the third area that I want to speak to you tonight. Being rooted and grounded in love. Why? That we may be able to comprehend 
God's love. Listen, with all the saints, you cannot comprehend God's love without his spirit. Mm, man, that's huge. Listen, a lot of times we're trying to comprehend God's love for us and for others by our own mental ascent, by our own love that we have for others that's natural. Listen, he's saying that we would know the width, the height, the length, the depth to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge that you might be filled with the fullness of God and you can only get that by his spirit. Man, firmly planted, rooted and grounded, firmly established with all the saints, that we would be filled with the fullness of God. It's his love that he has for us and it's the love we need to have for each other. I pray that you're being blessed by this word. I know it's powerful. I'm telling you it's changing my life. And that's exactly why I love to get into the word of God. Because that's what it does. That's exactly what the word of God does. It is healing to the soul. It is medicine to the bones, to the body. It's refreshing. And God's spirit is revitalizing. It's it's energizing. And I pray that your spirit is being energized right now in Jesus' name. Let's go to Colossians chapter 2, verses um, 4 through 8. And Paul is in prison at this time. I mean, a lot of times when I'm reading the Word of God and, and I do my studies, you know, I'm asking myself, when was Paul not in prison? Because <laughs> he was in prison a lot. And uh, he endured a lot. Thank you, Paul, for your faithfulness to Christ and teaching it to us. So that's awesome. I can't wait to meet him. Um, and matter of fact, you know, to try to be like him and try to be like Christ. And and I pray that, that you are strengthened by uh, these men and women that have gone before us. And we are surrounded by a great cloud of witness. I always remind you of that. And that helps me to keep running my race of faith. Colossians chapter 2, verses 4 through 8. Paul's in prison and he's speaking to the uh, church of Colossians. He says, now this I say, lest anyone should deceive you with persuasive words. For though I am absent in the flesh, yet I am with you in spirit, rejoicing to see your good order and steadfastness of your faith in Christ. That terminology there that Paul just said is as if he's speaking to soldiers. Your good order and your steadfastness of your faith in Christ. Like a soldier, he's speaking to the church of Colossians, and he's speaking to us tonight. As therefore you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. Mm. Paul says, therefore as you received Christ Jesus the Lord, the Lord of your life, the Lord of my life, so you should walk in him. Mm -mm. He didn't say should. He said, so walk in him. Rooted, 
mm, there's that word, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith as you have been taught, abounding in it with thanksgiving. Beware, lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit, according to the traditions of men, according to the basic principles of the world, and not according to Christ. Mm. So we see this fourth area that a man should be rooted in. Mm. He should be rooted in Christ. Therefore, as we have received Christ, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him. Hallelujah. I feel the power of God. I feel Christ every time I put him on, every time that I know that my faith is active in him. Listen, he will never leave us. He will never forsake us. He was and is and is to come. He is the Messiah. He is the Lamb of God that was slain for our sins. And we are to be rooted and built up in Christ Jesus. We are to be rooted in Christ as we have received Christ Jesus, the Lord of our life. So walk in him. He didn't say or suggest. There was an option there. He says, as you've received Christ, so walk in him. Rooted, built up in him, established in faith. Forgetting these traditions and philosophies and basic doctrines of men, but remember the principles of Christ. My friends, the red letters is what we've been learning uh, in the house of God. And, and I've always reverted and always taught from the words of Jesus. I want you to know that if you're listening tonight and you haven't um, accepted Jesus Christ in your life, I really believe it's because you don't know where your sin is leading you. The Bible says that sin leads us to death in Romans chapter 6, verse 23. And the Bible teaches us in Romans 10, 9, that if we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, listen, if you believe that, and if you would believe that Jesus died on the cross for your sins, that he took your payment and your punishment so that you could be one with him and the Father, so that your spirit could be restored and made alive instead of being separated from God. He has given us an opportunity, and you have an opportunity tonight to receive, or today, to receive Jesus Christ into your life. You might not know where to start. You might not know what to do, but you can confess Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Right there where you're at, you can say, Jesus, I'm a sinner. I, I know I've broken your law. I know I've broken your commandments. I know I haven't kept them. I know I've taken your name in vain. I know I've... I've I've had a haughty look. I know I've had the pride of life and the lust of flesh. I know that I've I've sinned against you. I know that I've I've not walked in your statutes. God, I believe that you sent Jesus to die for me, to pay my ransom, to to cover me in the blood, that sacrifice of the Lamb, your son, so that I might have eternal life and a relationship with you. And I confess you 
and I choose you to be the Lord of my life. Choose me how to be a son of the king. Choose me how to honor you. And Jesus reminds us that if we love him, we'll keep his commandments. Listen, the first thing that you need to do is get a Bible. I love the King James or the New King James. I stick with the closest um, interpretation. And you need to read the red letters. The red letters are the words of Jesus. And if you can't find a Bible with the red letters, read the Gospels. And you'll, you'll, you'll find where Jesus is talking. He's concerned with your heart and he's concerned with your character. And I pray that I've been able to help you, strengthen you to become more of a rooted man or woman or young person in Christ. It's your neighborhood preacher. Listen, let's stay rooted, not only in our relationship and our trust for God, but let's stay rooted in the way that we speak in our character. Let's stay rooted in our love, not only for God, but for one another. And let's stay rooted in Christ. Until then, your neighborhood preacher, stay up, stay prayed up. I'll see you then.